Jack fans. We are back. We are back, back, back for our season opener edition of Part Me, Alex. You got Alex and our girl Jax. I'm here. We got we got started one day earlier than we were supposed to, so Christmas came an extra day early. That's how I it felt. Did. That's how I felt. <laughs> I agree as well. Um, I think it's it's just going to be a wild season in general. I mean, there's just so many schedule changes already that have happened. I mean, we lost our first three games, and then we got changes in the schedule for the first week. We have games canceled, games picked up. Like, it's just a – I mean, so just buckle up. I mean, that's just really the best thing to say. Yeah, it's, it's – gonna be nuts it's wild no, nothing that we were supposed to have has happened uh because we were supposed we were supposed to play yeah the first three games got canceled which those got switched around about 10 times 20 times and then you it know got canceled, scouting so reports with two weeks worth of effort put in that weren't even used um right home opener is supposed to be wednesday against harden simmons they had a positive covid test so instead we played letourneau uh I think we are supposed to play Harden Simmons next Wednesday when we were supposed to play Letourneau. Originally. Then yeah. Saturday we were supposed to play Alcorn, Alcorn State. State. They have a positive test, so now we're playing McNeese on Friday night, which even though they're in our conference, we weren't slated to play them at all this season. Yeah. So that'll be a non-conference game. So yeah, already. We'll give you more info on that later, like yeah. what time it's at and etc at the end of the podcast but it's just been an absolute whirlwind already and i mean what a 20 in so far for the lumberjacks it's just been insane with all the changes and i'm sure it's just beginning i mean honestly this is one of those things where y'all are just gonna have to be just so flexible and just kind of like patient because i feel like there's gonna be more changes as we just go further and further into the season um and then hopefully maybe into january and february things again fingers crossed will slow down just a little bit but who knows we don't know we have literally no idea but i mean i guess if this is the season for things just to go wild i guess that i mean whatever at this point (laughs) yeah well it's been a crazy season whatever we're all going to be pros at using the mobile tickets by the time it's done. Because imagine already trying to teach my dad how to use Apple Wallet and then the games are changing around. And, like, mm-hmm. the, the game yesterday, at least, that was a game we were already supposed to have and they just changed the date. So that was easy. It just updated an Apple Wallet. But, like, the Friday game now instead of the Saturday game, we weren't even intended to play that one. So, like... Mm-hmm. That's going to be a new ticket, so I don't know if they're going to send an extra email with that one or how that's going to work. I haven't looked again yet. Yeah, or I guess just take what was – I guess maybe they can change Saturday's Alcorn and just change it to a McNeese and then just change the date and the person we're playing. I know. I I looked the other day, and it wasn't updated yet, so I don't know. They they know what they're doing, so we'll figure it out. There's a lot of changes going on, not just with the schedule, but also just with, like, William R. Johnson as well, which I kind of wanted to touch on a little bit. I didn't make a note of it, but I just thought of it in my head. But we'll get to that. I'll come to that. After okay. We talk about um, kind of like the general history of our matchup with Letourneau, who we played last night. Um, <clears throat> again, 
played the terminal last night, 6.30 was tip-off. Um, you know, it was a reduced crowd capacity. Oh, it was just weird in general, um, not being able to sit in our normal season seats, you know, having the first two rows blocked off all the way around, having to wear masks basically the entire time unless you're, like, drinking or eating something, um, you know, literally sitting. I mean, Jacqueline and I were basically in a row to ourselves. I mean, we had <clears throat> no one around us really I mean the closest people that were sitting next to us were probably like two or three row or one row down two or three seats over so i mean it was it was just wild wild it was so quiet in there that i was like okay i really gotta watch what i say now because if i curse everyone in the (laughs) everyone in the coliseum is gonna hear it (laughs) Yeah, I felt like we could have a conversation across the court to Carrie and Sean. Like, literally, they're across the court, and normally they can't see us or hear us really at all because it's so loud and deafening in there. And then, like, yesterday, I felt like I could hear a pin drop, and I could literally maybe just, like, whisper a conversation across the court to Carrie because it was just so quiet. And I'm just like, I don't know if it's the fact that just no one was talking or cheering or if it was really just the, like, the small amount of people that were at the game. And normally... You know, normally during the, you know, uh, Christmas break season, you know, uh, there's not that many people there anyway because it's Christmas break and a lot of the students are gone. But, I mean, it's not even technically Christmas break yet, but it is because all the students were gone as of Thanksgiving break. Like, they had to leave campus. And so there's really not a lot of people, students-wise, there unless they come back for the game or they live in town. You know, so well, I think they were given the op- I think they were given the option to come back. So some some did come back. Yeah, but not a lot at all. Yeah. Like they can only get two hundred tickets. Like that's the max. Yeah. For yeah. So even then, that's not a lot of tickets, and that's not a lot of people. It's just it was just a wild scenario, wild scenario. And then of course, like all that construction in the very front of the Coliseum, which I mean. When it's done, it's going to look fantastic. But right now, it looks like an absolute, like, danger zone and uh, mess. Yeah, and it <clears> – <throat> I mean, I know they're doing what they can in the interim, um, but it was the only complaint I had about it that was, like, kind of a safety hazard was it was super dark on that walkway up around the side. I flashlight on my phone. Like, they had zero lights out there. My dad was like, someone is going to fall and, like, sue yeah. the university. Um, you know, I agree. and I decided to be extra and wear my like over the knee, uh, heeled boots. And it was probably not the safest walk in the dark, but I made it. So that was good. Yeah. You, uh, <laughs> did wear your over the, over the knee boots, you extra, extra girl. But yes. Um, although you did look fly, Thanks. but I agree with the whole, with the safety issue. I think that, and also the fact that normally the handicap people can easily hop on the cart and they'll take them up the ramp and drop them off by the door so that there's less of a walk up that steep hill. Now, because there's construction and there's gates and there's chain fences and all that there's available is that one tiny sidewalk at the moment, there's no way for those those golf carts to take the handicapped people all the way up to the door. So you have a lot of people who are getting dropped off at the bottom of that little sidewalk area and having to walk up that entire thing and then walk into the stadium and then into their seats. And 
I could see foresee that being a major issue for a lot of people who aren't aware of that. And they try to come and go. Like last night, dad was having issues, like trying to, like he took him forever to walk in there. And that's not his fault. You just you can't walk that far, that fast. And so it took forever to walk up that. And if we would have known that ahead of time, we would have planned for that type of thing. Um, you know, it was just, it was yeah. just not, it's not easy for, you know, someone who's in a wheelchair who is using a cane or, a walker to you know to attend the games at the moment which is kind of unfortunate so I did mention that to Wally and he wasn't aware that that was actually going to happen he didn't realize that the carts couldn't turn and get in there because those because those fences were in the way if that fence was just moved like three or four feet to the left like if you're yeah. looking at the stadium like just moved over a little bit like those carts could make that turn easily and take them up that ramp. It's just, it's such a small gate opening that they can't make it. And I'm just like, oh, that's going to be an issue for a lot of people. Yeah. Of older fans. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's just going to be difficult for them. But anyway, I, but once, uh, once you got up there, you saw that they had like those purplish and white kind of not white, but like those different color bricks up there. They changed, um, instead of, you know, those of you who have attended games in the past, like they have the double door where you'd walk in one door um, and then walk in another door and then you were actually in the Coliseum. They took off one of the doors. Now it's just one door. I mean, it looks yeah. completely different. It looks so open. And when it's all said and done, it's going to look absolutely fantastic. I just can't wait. I know. I can't wait either. Okay. Random side note, which I didn't notice and dad told me, but they were, did you notice they were giving away masks yesterday whenever we came in? I no. didn't. I didn't see that either. So we're gonna have to message uh, Drew and see if he can get us our mask because my dad said that he only noticed because John Alvin was having struggles with his ticket after Dad had already come in and there was a table there and they asked what name his tickets were under and looked it up and gave them mask and they're like purple masks with an SFA logo on them. Yeah. Where was where was like a sign for that? I didn't I know. see a table. Where was this table? I think like right to the right when you walked in, but I just like beelined in there to find my seat, so I didn't even notice. Yeah. The only table I saw was like all the way further down next to like the lady jack offices. Mm-mm, it was like right when you came in the and I remember now seeing someone there, but I just walked the past the side door or the front door? The front door. Ah, the front door. See, I didn't go in the front door because I saw a sign that says fan entrance around corner so I went in the side door. Oh you know I saw that I saw that too but then people were lining up there so I was like okay I guess that's yes when I when I walked up I didn't see anybody going into the front doors because all I saw was like the sign that said fan entrance around the side I was like oh fuck we gotta walk all the way around the side too yeah yeah I was like oh crap like that's even further that like dad and mom have to work shit okay so I didn't even go in the front doors. I didn't even know that there was a table there with like people giving masks away. Well, God bless. Yeah, we got a message. Drew would be like, yeah. um, we need our mask. We weren't aware that the, and there was nothing online, nothing posted saying like we were giving away masks. Yeah, I didn't see anything either. No. So. Well, I'll be darned. I know. Okay, well, let's dive into the game, the background info. So uh, we played Letourneau. Yeah, um, for those of you who do not know, it's a private interdenominational Christian university that is in Longview. Um, it, <clears throat> it offers degree programs in engineering, aeronautical science, business, education, nursing, psychology, theology, arts and sciences. 
Um, it, it's a real, it's a really good academic college. Um, they only have about 3000 students. Uh, their, their athletics are NCAA D3 and they're in the American Southwest conference. Um, so really small school. It's a, it's a really good school, but very small on athlete. I mean, acad- yeah, athletics, geez. Um, it's so, okay, yeah. No, yeah, definitely. And we get it. Last year, and we, I mean, one thing I want to say is I definitely appreciate, and I mentioned, I messaged them today, like on Twitter, and I, from our account, and I said, you know, just thank you for coming down on such short notice. I mean, I feel like it was short notice. Like it was yeah. early Monday they made the change, and I'm sure that they were having talks prior to that. But, you know, it felt like short notice. Thanks for making the change, short notice, and coming down. and you know, obviously, I know that they're super close in Longview, so it's really not that bad of a drive. But still, you had to make the necessary arrangements kind of like last minute and, you know, really made it work for us, which is appreciated. I mean, and, and yeah, even though, yes, they're a D3 school, still, they didn't have to do all that. They didn't have to, yeah. you know, basically change their schedule. Because who knows, like, if that affected their schedule anyway. I mean, probably not too much. But, you know, we appreciate the... the uh, collaboration there on that yeah definitely so our history with them uh we've played them well before last night we played them seven times and won all seven times so now eight eight wins zero losses um our largest margin of victory i don't think we no we didn't beat it last night our largest margin of victory against them was 101 to 50 in 2002 and the Mm -hmm. smallest margin of victory was only by 10 points in 81 um, last year we beat them 89 to 70, which if my memory serves me correctly, that was the, the game last year that we had some, some little negative Nancy's online talking about why didn't we beat them by more points? Um, so yeah, I mean, no, that was, this time we that did was definitely last season. Yeah, we did beat them by a lot, but again, a reminder when we play these smaller schools, it's, it's not about, let's see how horribly we can beat them. It's let's let all of our new players get some some court experience and some court time to to give them a, you know they're green around the ears give them a little bit of time out there and get more comfortable playing against some smaller schools to kind of work up to <clears throat> getting ready for conference so gotta totally. just re, reframe your your viewpoint there on what the goal is absolutely and I I think that those games are so important I think this season probably honestly more than ever because I mean this season you just don't know who we may lose due to COVID at any point. Yeah. And so we need all the court and game time experience, even if it is against D three school, I don't care who it's against. It's competitive. It's a competitive game. So we need all the people that can suit up and play, which everybody pretty much suited up and played um, last night, minus uh, Jalen, but we'll mention that in a second. Um, that they can't because you never knew who had, is going to get benched or who's going to be out for two weeks or whatever right. because of COVID. You know what I mean? So it's really important that we get all the players who are healthy, who are able to play court time, some good minutes that way that they're ready to go in case fingers crossed, knock on wood, we ever do lose anyone for an extended period of time, especially this season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. <clears throat> So some game notes. Obviously, if you were watching the game or if you were there, you'll know that we did win 102 to 57. Uh, the g- general attendance last night, again, like 
obviously is a reduced capacity, so uh, it's not going to be any record breakers this year, guys. It's just not going to. I mean, we're obviously probably going to have more attendance than probably most uh, schools just because we usually do. But the attendance last night recorded was uh, 1,288. Didn't seem like there was that many people there, but there may have been. Just wasn't really paying attention. Yeah, it didn't seem like that many to me either, but. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. So our starters, which we can kind of digest and then kind of um, discuss a little bit in a a, a little bit, though, exactly how we feel about that starting lineup specifically. But last night, the starters were Rati, Cam, uh, Gavin, David, and Calvin. So that kind of lines up almost with what we were expecting for the most part. I mean, we knew it was going to be between Calvin and Charlie. We assumed Charlie would get the start over Calvin because Charlie is older, senior, more experienced. But they may have saw something in the Laterno lineup that we didn't um, during the uh, – during and just figured that Calvin would have a better matchup versus their starting lineup, possibly, you know. Yeah, and I think also that was probably a really good game for Calvin to get some extra minutes and experience, oh, too. Which so he maybe, definitely did. Yeah, he, so maybe that was... Well. Yeah. Yeah, and like we mentioned, pretty much, uh, actually everyone that suited up played. The only person that didn't play at all was Jalen, but that was to be expected. He wasn't even dressed out. Um, he is injured and it's not like a serious injury it's more like uh you know kind of like muscle soreness like kind of like a it's nothing like crazy like he had surgery or anything it's just like he's just you know not 100 percent ready to play yet which they mentioned during jack madness and they yeah it it wasn't anything surprising yeah i can't remember exactly what they said but I, i remember them saying something about it would only be two or three weeks that he was out so Right. Yes, exactly. Okay. So coming in on Southland standings, obviously there's not a lot of standings because guess what? There's really no games being played really at the moment, but let me pull up the, I don't even think the standings are up here. Yeah, they are. If you, uh, I have it linked if you click on it. So I clicked. No, I mean I clicked it. It's just it just hasn't popped up yet. Oh, okay. Well, so the only team that hasn't played at all yet is Central Arkansas. Um, oh, there we go. But there we're we're the only. Well, no, us and McNeese have both only played one game. the The most games played is Abilene Christian. They played four. Um, yeah, they played four, and they've yeah. won all four of them. So that that's why they're at the top. Uh, oh, there it goes. Okay, I just had to scroll down. Derp. Okay. I found it. So, yeah, Abilene Christian is 4-0, and and I don't even know who all they've played um, to get that 4-0. But, yeah, they're 4-0 overall, and obviously there's no conference games played yet. Those won't start until the end of December, early January. Um, We're 1-0 because we've obviously only played one. UIW is 1-1. Nichols, 2-3. Corpus Christi, 1-2. Central Arkansas hasn't played nothing, but yet they're not last because they – haven't lost anything so then we have all the teams that have lost games and are struggling mcneese own one houston baptist own two new orleans own two lamar own three northwestern own three some houston own three and southeastern louisiana own three i'm assuming it's because majority of those games they probably played 
bigger names. <laughs> and yeah. And got their butts whooped. I'm thinking they probably had to be some buy games. Oh, for sure. I mean, good because you get that money, money, but also yeah. and good because you get some experience, but also, again, hurts your overall standings. But, again, it's 2020. We'll take what we can get. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, let's go over some stats. Jacqueline? Sean Kennedy's stat section. This is for you, Sean. <laughs> we named it for you, Sean Kennedy, your stat section. Stat section. <laughs> That's a tongue twister right there. It is a tongue twister, <laughs> and I'm, I've never been good at tongue twisters. I always mess them up. I sound like an idiot. So, yeah. Okay, so our, our field goal percentage was it was pretty decent. I was I was pleased with it, sixty three point eight percent. Yeah, our our three point percentage it wasn't bad. I mean, I I feel like that's about average for us, thirty six point four percent. The first half it was pretty abysmal at twenty six percent. The second half we did really well, fifty seven percent. So kind of evened out. Um, our free throw percentage was 75%. Now, the second half, we were 100%. So, Yeah, we did well on that. Yeah, we, half, for sure. we did well on free throws. Um, yes, yeah. Dominated with the points in the paint at 20. I mean, 70. Pip, Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, pips were nuts. Yeah. Just out of bounds. Uh, points off turnovers, we had 25, which is pretty decent. Um I was disappointed with the second chance points. I won't lie, um, which I'll talk about more later, but we only had nine. Um, fast break points, we had 23. Bench points, we had 38. So that was pretty good, about a third of our score, a little more. Um, total rebounds, we had 50, which which is great. Fantastic rebounding. However, yeah. I'll expand more later as well, but – our, our off, offensive boards were kind of pitiful because we only had nine, so 41 of those 50 rebounds were defensive. Um, yeah. Fouls, we had 18, so not not too bad. We had several guys with two. Um, oh, Calvin had four. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say, Calvin was oh, I know pretty he close did. to fouling out. Yeah, so. he did. Yeah, he had four. Um, <clears throat> turnovers, 17. Not, mm. not terrible, but against a D3. Not but so that's what I was about to say. I was like, 17 isn't about probably average for us, I feel like. But against a D3 team, we have to clean that up. Like, that's... Yeah. Yeah. First game, I'll give them a little, little slack, that's but... Beautiful. Not a lot. Yeah, though. not a whole lot. Uh, four turnovers, we had 20... They had 21, so that, that was pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, we had 14 steals, which was nice. Uh, only five blocks. I kind of feel like we could have had more than that against... A D3, but, you know, I'm being picky. Uh, game leaders. So, the player of the game was Gavin. He had 23.7 rebounds, one block, one steal. Um, he and David both set career highs yesterday. Um, they were on yeah. fire last night. So, uh, David had 17 points, three rebounds, four assists, one block, and one steal. Uh, DeAndre had 15 points, four rebounds, four assists, and Rati had 13 points, one assist, and three steals. So, yeah, those four guys. I mean, the whole team did really well as as a whole. But though, Gavin obviously just he came out swinging from the get go. Yeah, um, and then I was really, really, really pleasantly surprised, and also, I mean, I, I shouldn't say surprised, but pleasantly. Um, happy and content with how David played. Like, David really 
I mean, again, yes, they're playing a D3 school. So that's why last night I mentioned, like, I don't know if this is, like, a great, like, indicator and example and display of how, like, our true talent against, like, a team is. Yes, it's a competitive game. Um, but as Jacqueline so lovingly put last night, I mean, they're basically <laughs> the 13th grade. As, as far as athletics, yeah. I'm not, as far as athletics, like, yeah, I'm it's not, a D3 school, like, they're basically 13th grade. So, like it's hard to really gauge how we will compete against people who are our level mid-major powerhouse type players and, and, and teams. So, but against last night, the D3, I mean, David was running up and down that court. I mean, hitting layups. I mean, hit a couple threes. Just, I mean, he was all over the place. And I was like, okay. Like it was like a huge difference between like last year and this year. I mean, speed on this team. I mean, I was getting whiplash. I was like, doing, 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 doing. Like, we've increased our speed so much, which we'll talk more about. But yeah, it was crazy. It was. It was nice. Um, okay, was nice. so yeah. I guess we can launch into our feats of strength. Uh, we totally can. So I just want to say. Uh, as far as our new guys, I, I think they really all looked good. Um, I mean, I was I was pleased with everything I saw, but uh, I will say, especially obviously, DeAndre did super well. He was third leading scorer um, first game out the gate, and I feel like Nigel just looked really good too. Um, he didn't score as much. Let me see. He's, he only scored two. But I feel like I was he was say, yeah, Nigel, he didn't have a lot of points, which, but again, we've mentioned multiple times last season that necessarily points isn't always going to be like a huge right. you know, factor in consideration on how well you played on the court, you know? Yeah, but he had, he had two points. He had two rebounds, two assists and two steals. So I, I feel like he was just kind of making moves everywhere. Um, yeah, he, he, the only thing he didn't have was any blocks. Otherwise, he would have had, you know, all five categories. Mm-hmm. Um, or all six categories, sorry. Five. But five, yeah. yeah. I can't count. Math is not my strong suit. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I, pretty much everybody, and the best thing about it, everybody that suited up, only one person that suited up for time scored. Um, the only person that didn't score any points and that played for a few minutes was Russell. But Russell came in literally at the very like last few sec- like few seconds it feels like of the game. Yeah. So like you know, kind of hard for him to score the last two minutes of the game. But yeah, everybody that played scored minus him. Definitely, and I, th- I think he was coming off maybe a small injury as well. I can't remember for sure. I think so too. Um, so yeah, every, you know, I was impressed with everyone and everyone got minutes, almost everyone scored. Um, so I, I just think that was good all around. Uh, Agreed. I will say, even though I was disappointed with our offensive rebounds, which I'll get to the offensive rebounds that Gavin did get, he did a really good job of putting back up. Um, I think mm-hmm. he... He only got three offensive rebounds, but I would be willing to bet that he scored on all three of those Um, because I I feel like he was doing a really good job on the offensive rebounds he did get on putting them back and scoring. Um, So I was was super happy with that. Uh, Rati did really well on three-pointers. He was three of six, um, which, you know, 50%, I guess, is not super great, but 
that's three threes in a game. That's that's good. Um, and right. I, I feel like he's not been super confident in taking the three. So I was happy to see him take those. Uh, I wasn't upset about that at all. No, I, I agree 100%. Um, so overall, I think I feel like the just synergy and chemistry between the team looked really good last night. Um, I think they just all seemed very in tune and made some really nice moves and assists and plays off of each other. Um, so I was super happy with that. Like there was, there were several with, um, with Calvin and Gavin in the lane where I feel like they were working off each other. Well, um, Cam made some really good assists. Uh, I thought it was really sweet to finally see Calvin and, uh, KJ formerly called Kyrie, uh, play together. I don't know when he started going by KJ. That totally threw me off. But anyway, so here on I out. I think he always has. I just think didn't think anybody said, like, I don't think anybody, like, he was never announced as KJ. Okay. You know what I mean? I think he yeah. always, like, went by it, like, on his social media stuff. But I don't think okay. it was never, like, announced or, like, put on the programs or anything like KJ. Does that, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, going forward, if you hear us say KJ, we're talking about, Kyrie McDaniel, which of course was Calvin's high school teammate. They played together. Um, so I was really happy to finally see them play together. And I think they had some really good chemistry. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you could tell you could tell that they had played together and could kind of read each other. Um, so I, I was happy to see that. Uh, of course, I have to brag on our free throws because 75%, that's that's just awesome. I know. And, and in the past when we've had, we've struggled with free throws, I think that it's it's always nice to watch a game where we don't. Yeah. And I'm just like, ah. like it's almost like a breath of like fresh air and like relief when you have a really good free throw game and you're like, God, I mean, because that again, that equates and kind of resonates down in the end of the season when we are playing in, you know, conference games and you're like, you really need to like get that good foundation of, you know, your free throws early in the season. That way, you know, you're not really struggling towards the end of the season. I just, it's nice to watch a good free throw. Oh, yeah. Game. Like, because those are given. I mean, those are, again, it's in the name, free <laughs> throw. It's free. You should get it every single time. Like, come on. Yeah. It's free points, baby. It's and, free points. You and gotta I take those and run with it. And you can always tell, like, the, the if the game is going to go your way or the game is going south, if we're just, just literally lobbing and just <clears throat> pooping these free throws and just not, none of them are going in I'm like, well, this game's over. Like, Cause we're not, I mean, you can't win without make, without making those free throws. I mean, there's how many games last season, how many games were so close or even winnable if we would have just made our free throws. Yeah. I'm sure more than I would like to know. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But, but yeah, yeah I, f- I, f- I feel like I remember Charlie kind of struggling with his free throws last season, and he was two of two, so. Yeah, exactly. Stuff like that. I mean, just seeing the improvement just over one off season is very promising. Yeah. That that was all my list. On to you, your feet. Got straight. it. Um, I have, obviously, there was stuff that you mentioned that I wrote down as well, so I'm not, I don't have to, I don't have to repeat it but i'll kind of go through them all um first of all i would love to give great props to ab which alex bell he is the video guy he killed he killed that new intro video 
that new intro video is fire. So like, if you weren't there, you obviously didn't see it unless you were watching uh, our live uh, Facebook feed of the intros of the video. And we'll try, and they did post it on yeah, the video, so if you missed it, it's on there. Like it's on their Twitter and it's on Facebook. So if you missed the intro video, you didn't see it, it's on there, so just go watch it. They recorded it at a sawmill, duh. I mean, I don't know why no one's ever thought of that before. <laughs> I mean, come on, it's the Lumberjacks. We call William R. Johnson the sawmill. Hello, duh. Anyway, so it was just, it was a great, great video. Very, I mean, pumped up. It really just kind of featured kind of like our main guys. Um, But I feel like, you know, as time goes on, I don't know if that's gonna be the intro video the whole time. There was really no, it was really just an intro video of just like our main starters, wasn't it? It was the five seniors. The five seniors. Yeah, that's what I figured. Okay, yeah. Um, and then, so that was one of my major, major props because I thought that video was awesome. Did a great, you did a great job with that. Um, Jacqueline mentioned Rotties with his three, with his couple threes, his couple plays. He had a really good uh, steal and breakaway dunk, which we know Rotti is great with the defense and yeah. steals and stuff. And I, I think he's going to continue on from last season. Um, creating those steals again, just like he did last season. So he did a great steal, dunk, breakaway. Um, what else? What else? What else? Let's see. Nigel, when he came in, he was really, again, Jacqueline mentioned how he only had two points. But, again, that doesn't absolutely mean that he didn't contribute. He had some great defensive plays, um, created a lot of openings for other people to score. He made – I mean, how many assists did he have? Let's see. Two. Do you know? Two? Yeah. Because he yeah. had two so, on I mean, everything. he was there – for other people to score. Um, let's see. Uh, he also had some good drives to the basket. Even if he didn't score, he, you know, assisted someone else. Uh, then Nana came in, and I, I would like to give Nana a few props here. Again, like, he's rough around the edges. Um, how we kind of equated it last night, like, uh, Ted Smith said he was a diamond in the rough. And I feel like that's pretty, that's kind of accurate. You know, like, he's not there yet. I mean, he's still a freshman. He has, he's still very rough around the edges. He has a lot of stuff he needs to improve upon, but again, he's a freshman. And I think last night was a really good start. I think he's really working hard and I can honestly see him, you know, being a really good player. He just needs to get those skills that he's, you know, missing like aggressiveness and, you know, having good read on the ball. And he had a couple, uh, bad pap. We'll talk about that in the, in the next section, but um, I, I do think he is working hard in the paint. He did work hard last night. I mean, he was guarding. He was trying to get open. Um, you know, he, he was doing his what he needed to do. And it was, a, I think, already a big improvement from what we saw when he was playing in high school. So he just needs to keep grinding. I think watching Gaben, playing with Gaben will help him, especially with his aggressiveness. And then having, of course, like Coach Cox there will really, you know, help him with that too. Um and coach, uh, coach Banya. Um, and then let's see here, you know, mentioned Gavin, of course, Gavin was on fire. He really was, he was fighting for the ball. He was good with, he was getting those offensive rebounds. Um, I would like to see more second chance points from him and Calvin and, uh, who else is down there? Jameer. Um, Demir was great too. I mean, for the first game watching him play last season, he was just a goofball on the bench. 
um, and with ringing his little ding ding yeah. bell on his little cart thing. But this season, he's actually playing, and I'm like, okay, Demir, he is a big dude. Yeah. You don't realize it when he's not dressed out, but he's a big dude. And so when he's down there on the court, like, he is a presence under that basket, and he's a big – and, like, when you see him coming down the lane, you probably want to get out of the way, kind of like watching, you know, Gavin come down that lane because, I mean, he will knock you out. Um, but he had six rebounds. I mean, again, still rough around the edges because he didn't play last year, so he's still, you know, figuring things out. But he did a great job. He had six rebounds. Like, Calvin had ten. Charlie and Gavin had seven. Cam and Demir both had six. I mean, I mean, they were really leading the charge on those rebounds. Um, there was one point uh, Nigel took a charge. Again, like, I love seeing those new guys, like, stepping up and taking those charges like a freaking pro. Like, that makes me very, very happy. Um, and then there was one point where I was just laughing. Oh, and Jameer had a good dunk, too. I will I will mention that. Yeah, he um, did. He had a really good dunk, and that, it just made me laugh so hard. The, the bench's reaction to the to Jameer's dunk, it was really funny. But I just have to mention this last part. Uh, Gavin, it was so funny. He... <laughs> He was, he was on the bench, and then coach told him to go in or go in to go check in. And literally, he was running halfway to the check-in desk. And he was like, oh, shit. And you could audibly hear him say, oh, shit. Yeah. Because <laughs> he had his mask on. <laughs> like, he was about to go run into the game with his mask still on. And it was just funny because it's so quiet in there. So you can hear literally everything that they're saying. And he literally goes, oh, shit, and runs back and takes his mask <sighs> off and throws it down on the ground. <laughs> I mean, that is definitely a new thing they've never had to deal with Deal with before, yeah. No, and I feel like that's going to happen a couple more times. Like, I can just foresee that happening because they're just going to forget themselves. Yeah. Because, you know, it's, it's like second nature to them just to, like, hear their name, boom, pop off the bench and go. And they're going to forget that they have this freaking mask on, and they're going to try the <laughs> game with this mask on. I get to see it happening multiple more times. It was just really funny. It was cracking me up, man. Um. Yeah, and then I just love number twelve on Letourneau. Number twelve was trying to keep up with get with Gavin, and even though he was a little bit taller than Gavin, he is too. He was half the size of Gavin. Like he's so scrawny. Like there was yeah. no way that twelve could even like challenge him under the basket because literally all Gavin had to do was just throw his weight around a little bit, yeah. and number twelve was just like falling backwards. He just couldn't handle it. He just couldn't handle it. <laughs> You know, it was just cracking me up, man. Anyway, that was it. Okay, so okay. now on to our airing of grievances. It is time for one of your favorite sections. With the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. <laughs> a lot of problems and you're going to hear about it. Um. You're going to hear about it. And you're definitely going to hear about, I mean, there weren't a lot, but we got a few. Yeah, not not a lot, but these these are the games where we got to be picking these little things that we can be working on, you know? Because if, if stuff sticks out now and is obvious, then in conference, it's really going to be, you know? Well, that's exactly yeah. right. I mean, you got to work on this stuff now, uh, especially while we're playing, you know, these smaller schools, pick up on these issues these you know these minor things now so they don't blow up into bigger problems later yeah um 
So let's see, on just kind of a general offensive grievance I have, there, there were a couple things on offense that we really need to work on. Um, we had a lot of sloppy passes. Um, yes. Like we said earlier, it didn't seem like we just had a ton of turnovers, but against a D3, uh, I should expect to see less. And there were just a lot of passes that either they shouldn't have been made, someone was in the passing lane and it was just kind of too risky and we were pushing it to try to make the pass, mm-hmm. um, or the pass wasn't wasn't to the person's hands. Like it was, you know, not – it just wasn't a good pass. Um, yes. So there, there's just a lot of sloppiness there that, that needed to be cleaned up. Um, <laughs> there was one time and it, it totally made me think of the – uh, friends episode where they're moving the couch pivot pivot because uh, there was one time that Demir he he tried to pivot the wrong direction and he traveled um, he traveled which so he's you know yeah. he's he's still he's still coming in really super uh, new on just ha- having been out of it for a year so mm-hmm. um, I'm not gonna pick on him too bad but it did make me think of pivot. Um, and we got to block out. So, like I said earlier, I'm just not not pleased with our offensive rebounds at all. I mean, yeah. getting 41 defensive rebounds and only nine offensive. And the thing is, like, we're not we're not making a conscious effort to block out at all. Like, we're really not. The few rebounds that we got, like, it was just luck that it bounced off into the hands of one of our players. Like, yeah, they were not proactively blocking out to get it. And so, like, we. On field goals, we were 44 out of 69, so that's 25 missed shots that we could have gotten an offensive board on, and we only got nine. Right. So, I just, that that needs to be, we need a blocking out practice. Uh, Because even though we didn't need those points against Letourneau, there's going to be a game down the road where we will need those points. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, you can't let that many points available go at least, like, attempting to try to get second-chance points. Yeah. Like, I can understand if, like, you know, it's a contested shot and you just don't come down with the rebound. Get it? But, I mean, you just really – I'm not even trying to block out is the major issue there. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, I hate I hate to say it, but it just needs to be worked on a little bit. It's not, it's not like, bad, but – I'm just a little underwhelmed because I know the potential that's there. But on toughness, I I just feel like Calvin and Charlie can look a little bit stronger um, down there. I just I know the potential's there, so I I think I think they can just be a little bit stronger. um, Yeah. In the lane, I can can chalk up the Calvin to just still being younger, but at the same time, like Charlie is a senior, you know, like he should be dominant down there. Yeah, because, I mean, they're both big, strong dudes. And I know, I know they've been conditioned by that strength and conditioning coach well. So, I know they yeah. got it. They just got to do you it. you can tell. Oh, I mean, like, when they got on the court last year, I was like, okay, yeah, they've built up some muscle. Holy crap. Like, yeah. you can tell that they've really been working on that. So, they have the potential to do this. Yeah. I just need yeah. to see it. Um I would like to see Cam and DeAndre play together a little bit more just because I have such high hopes of their chemistry together. And that's not anything on them. But I just – I feel like Keller never had them in at the same time last night. And mm-hmm. I, I think – If he did, it was it was probably for short stints. Yeah. So they, 
nothing really enough time to get anything like a play together. Yeah, they were rarely out there together, which I feel like may be a little strategic because I think their playing style is very similar. Um, so he may, yeah. you know, obviously he knows what he's doing. I would just love to see them together a little bit more because I, I think that would be, I think it would be really good. But anyway, maybe we'll see more of them together later. Uh, there are two things on offense that Gavin still kind of does that drive me nuts. Um, <laughs> don't get me wrong. He looked, he looked super strong last night, but yeah, the first one, which is one of my number one pet peeves is the double pumping. I mean, yes. j- when you're two feet from the backboard, I just, just take it up the first time. Like I, there's just no need for a double pump. You're not fooling anyone. We all know you're going to shoot. You're, if you're going to get the foul, you're going to get the foul on the shot anyway, so you might as well just take it up. And you're you're expending more effort than you and energy than you have to. Like, let's let's save some of that effort and just go up strong once. I just don't get it. It drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, he did that last season, too, and that was something that we mentioned on many occasions. Yeah, he's got to stop doing that. It drives me crazy. Um, and I wish he would use the square a little bit more. There were a few shots that I'm like, dude, if you, if you would just use the square on the backboard, it would go in. Um, but yeah, you would have had more second chance points if he would have done that. Yeah. So, um, I would love to see that. And my last but not least has nothing to do with the players, but that damn scoreboard that we have had for like four years, (laughs) we've had it for four years now. I'm pretty sure I need to look back, but I think it's been four. still not formatted for triple digits. WTF. Whose job is this? Like, I know that that is a possible thing to do. I just don't understand why it's not done. Like, they just have to literally take the font down, like, maybe one or two sizes, and it would easily fit. <laughs> yeah. I don't get it. It drives me crazy. I don't know either. I don't know what they need to do or what needs to happen. But, I mean, it, it's been like this since we've had it. And yeah. I just, yeah, we don't hit trip digits often, but when we do, it, it just, it looks dumb. <clears throat> yeah, it looks, yeah. It looks like we're not prepared to be in triple digits. Right. Like, oops, we I mean, never thought we would I score. Like, I feel like we need to be in the mindset of triple digits every game. So it's like, come on. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> Cracking me up, man. Okay. Um, so I don't have that many either. Again, it wasn't like it was a game full and just rot of, of negative. Um, like Jacqueline mentioned, just the passing, there were many, many, many sequences of just horrible passing and just like poor communication in regards to like who you were passing to. I mean, there were like, I know that, I know that the speed is important to them and they want to be quick, 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 but what, it, what good is speed and what good is being quick? If you're not even looking to where you're throwing and you're just kind of like almost just lobbing it down the court and then it gets picked off and intercepted by, you know, the the defense. And then they go down and take it in for, you know, a layup or a three-pointer. And, and that happened a couple times last night. I'm like, come on, guys. Like, this is, again, it's Letourneau. Like, you don't need to get the rebound, lob it down to the other end as quick as possible, and then make this. Like, you don't need to do that. We're ahead by 50 fucking points. <laughs> yeah and that's just creating bad practices like again there were multiple times when there was a bad pass into the paint by nana um or into the paint to nana or into the paint to gaben or into the paint to calvin and it was just bad passes into the paint that didn't need to happen like again we're ahead by so many points like 
there's no rush at this point. Like, I know speed is, like, the recipe when we're playing in conference play against, like, you know, Sam Houston or um, Northwestern or uh, A&M Corpus Christi, some teams who kind of, like, have our number sometimes or, like, uh, uh, Lamar. But, like, when it comes to teams, like, like you guys don't need to do – we're hit by fucking 50 points right now. Yeah. You know? Just just take it slow. Like, be be aware of who you're passing to. You know, there were multiple passes, like, in the middle of the court that were picked off by Letourneau because they just <clears throat> weren't even paying attention and really communicating with who they're throwing the ball to. Yeah, they I agree. Even looking, you know, they're just chunking it over, you know, or trying to chunk it 20 yards down the court, it felt like. And I was like, bro, what are we doing? Yeah, and it was definitely <laughs> quiet enough in there last night to be communicating and your teammates hear you. So that's that was not exactly. an excuse. <laughs> exactly. This is the season where you cannot blame crowd noise on, oh, I can't hear yeah. my teammates. No, bro. <laughs> like, you can definitely hear your teammates. Like, it is so quiet in there. You can hear a pin drop. You know so, what the upside of that might be? I think that they're probably all going to hear everything that we yell at them this season. Oh, I guarantee I <laughs> yell a few things and I like kind of like like a like quick eye contact down the bench and I could see Kevin like turn and just like the ones that know us like kind of go like yeah. kind of like smirk and smile. Uh, the new guys don't really know us like that yet, but I definitely like some of the guys that were around last year were kind of like, oh God, here they, you know, they're back. <laughs> here we, here we go. Because <laughs> it didn't take long, and here comes my second bad point or airing a grievance. It didn't take long for the freaking Southland Conference refs to get on my bad side <laughs> again. It didn't take long, baby. Man, there was a sequence where number 10 on Letourneau was literally, I swear, if this was football, that would have been a holding, that would have been a flag for holding or, uh, you know, uh, uh, Holding passenger pass interception, yes. pass receiver, uh, you know, pass interference kind of crap because he was literally grabbing the jersey of Rati the entire from one lane from one side of the basketball court to the other end, literally grabbing his jersey and like pulling on him and yanking yeah. on his jersey the entire time as Rati was trying to take the ball down to the other end of the court. And I'm like, screaming my lungs off like over here like are you kidding me like he was holding him the entire length of the court yeah how do you miss that it was pretty it was pretty egregious it really was how do you miss that i mean the dumpster fire southland conference refs are here again and what what it wouldn't be 2020 it wouldn't (laughs) be a regular season if the southland conference refs weren't acting like they had blinders on Again, and then the calls they did make were yet again ticky tacky, dumb, egregious calls. Yeah, they had a few that were super obvious makeup calls where I'm like, okay, yeah. So the last possession that wasn't a foul or that wasn't a travel, but this time it is. Travel, and it's not nearly as bad. So obvious. Yeah, but you're totally. It's a thousand percent a makeup call. So whatever. Exactly. And I'm just like, okay, cool. You made it up, but you wouldn't have to do that if you would have made the freaking call in the first place yeah. when it was happening the most obvious. Yeah. And it's bad. It's not, it's one thing when it's like in the middle of the pack and like, you know, it's kind of hard to see. And I know, I know the refs, they can't catch everything, but when it's right in front of your face, like boom, like you're standing here and the play is happening right in front of you. How do you miss that? Yeah. You know, that's my thing. That's my thing. When you're looking, it's your section, it's your area to call, and they're not even calling it. I'm like, he's grabbing his jersey. 
mm-hmm. for like literally felt like 20 minutes like come on like get it together bro anyway took no time took no time by the dumpster fire reps of southland conference to make crappy calls and or no calls <laughs> uh, a few other things uh there was one sequence and i again we kind of already mentioned it it was just a really ug- ugly sequence down in the paint miscues miscommunication yeah we ended up still getting the basket which is great yay but just it literally looks like how do i equate this you know when you're watching a basketball game with like a bunch of like 10 year olds and someone shoots the ball and it like rebounds and there's like 35 people in hands trying to grab the ball at one time (laughs) and there's like it's just chaos and mayhem done down under the paint and then like the ball gets like passed to like 25 (laughs) different people under the under the basket like you're watching literally like a fifth grade basketball game (laughs) that's what it looked like to me yes there is that there was a moment like that where I think it maybe it started that way and then it was like scuffling on the floor for the ball between multiple people and I felt like I was watching no offense I'm a chick so I can say this like a junior high girls basketball game and I'm like what are y'all doing? Like how like they're many diving and like falling onto people trying to, get... and that was Gavin. Gavin did it multiple <laughs> times. And I'm like, it's Laterno. I don't want you getting hurt on game one. Yeah. Trying to dive for a ball when we're up by 50 points, my brother. Yeah. Like V, G, what are you doing? Like, yeah. please don't get yourself hurt trying to dive for a ball when we're up by 50 points. Yeah. It was like, I love the hustle. <laughs> Yeah, baby. Love it. Bro. Yeah, there's some plays you just got to let that go rather than than risk injuring yourself against Letourneau in the first game. That's exactly right. And that was my main thing. Like, I love the fire. I love the passion. Love the effort. 100%. If we're playing Sam Houston, hell yeah, die for that ball. Yeah. Hell yeah, every day, die for that ball. But Letourneau, I think we're okay. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think I just want to get hurt. That's my main thing. You know, and it wasn't like he did it once. He did it like two or three times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, one thing, one, one sequence really upset me. And it wasn't, it's just, again, I just think he's just still young. And just, again, he came off of an injury last year was KJ. He had a really good, like, free throw. Like, he, he created he created the foul, you know. He, he drawed the foul. He got the free throw. But then on the very next possession, he traveled. Do you remember that? And I was just like, you had a really good moment. And then he, boom, traveled. And he, and he knew it too. He was like, oh, it's like, you just, you just yeah. gotta be better with that. You know, you have really good possession, like that you, you created and drew a foul. You got the free throw. And then the very next possession you create, you, you made a mistake. Like you made, you traveled. And I think there was another one, I can't remember, where maybe he, like, missed a shot and then the very next possession really rushed a shot where you could tell he was kind of trying to make up. And that, yeah, I'll just equate that. That's yes. that's all in his head. Like, he's just getting – He's just getting too much in his head. So, m- yeah. you know, maybe the first game jitters are out now. Um, I, I think so, too. And that was just one thing. I was just – I was like, oh, KJ, like, I know you're better than this, too. Like, yeah. I know it. Like, you have so much skill. You just – you have to take your time. Like, don't rush those shots. Don't rush those shots because there's going to be a coming time and a place when we're down in the end of the season where, you know, we may be up by two, three points. You cannot rush those shots because if you miss it and they get the rebound, then they go down the court and they go down the court and score. I mean, 
that's on you, bro. Like, do not rush those shots. Yeah. There's no reason to rush that shot. Like, be, take your time, get set, breathe, shoot the ball. You know what I mean? Like, I know that seems like a really, like, easy thing to say and not an easy thing to do. But, you know, you can't take those, like, desperation shots. You just, you really can't. Yeah. Not in not not in those like close games that I know we're gonna have this season, you know. And then the last thing, this is up for debate. Jacqueline doesn't like it. She abhors it, actually. I think, but I it it doesn't bother me. But I just think it's funny as hell. Um, I put it under grievances because I know Jacqueline's calling it a grievance. But uh, David Stash. Oh yeah, I don't like it. Not a fan. You <laughs> <laughs> you can give you can give your review first, and then I'll tell why I don't like it. Okay. Um. Well, here's my thing. Here's one of the main differences is that I love facial hair on dudes. Jacqueline doesn't. So so there's that to begin with. There's that. So any facial hair on guys, like, I'm just like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, it has to look good, though. If it looks, like, patchy and dumb, like you're going through puberty, then okay. And David Stash is just really light. I think if that was his problem. I think because he has really light hair. So, like, if he had, like, darker hair, like, black hair, and he had, like, a black stash, Okay. I would be cool with it, but a Jacqueline hates it. It probably reminds her of, like, a molest dash or something. Yeah, no, like, I will say, since we're farther back than normal, I couldn't I couldn't see it closely enough to tell, to distinguish if it was just that it's because he has light hair, and so it, do, it just doesn't pop, or if it's right. kind of, like, sparse, like, it's not growing in very full, but it, it just kind of looks, right. I don't know, there just wasn't enough there, and I'm not a big stash fan anyway, unless it's, like, something super bold. Like a you Tom Selleck stash? Yeah. Um, like, I mean, my dad's is pretty bold. Like, I cannot imagine seeing my father without a mustache. Like, I think he would just oh. look naked. Like, it would just look yeah. so weird. Um, but, yeah. And, I, then you I, got, and then you got Dave Rance over here with, like, his handlebar. Yeah. Stash going. Like, I, he's, like, Yosemite Sam. I just wasn't a big fan. However, I'll say, like, I, I understand it because my younger brother, you know, like, he has facial hair now. And, like, I just... I hate it because I just yeah. think he looks so handsome without it. And But I get he's like, I <laughs> run an insurance agency and I look 12 if I don't have facial hair. So I get David's probably just trying to look more distinguished. So that's fine. It's just and, not, and not older. my... He's probably just trying to look older. Yeah. And, I, and again, like, there are so many guys out there that honestly do not look their age without the mustache or without yeah. the facial hair. You know what I mean? Like, if they shaved it, they look, like, 12 years old. And then if they have facial hair, they actually look their age. And so I totally get that. I just wish it was just a little bit more full. Yeah. Maybe it'll go away. Maybe it'll go away. Literally, you give me a guy that has, like, a full-ass, like, Duck Dynasty beard. And I'm like, eyes. Oh, see, and I'm like complete opposite end of the spectrum. I'm like, (laughs) shave that shit off. Ugh. No, I love it. I love it. I love it. I think it's just because, like, I don't know, we're Italians and hair is just everywhere, so it's fine. <laughs> I like a great head of hair. I just don't, I just don't dig the, a, a little stubble's okay. I don't like a big, like, bushy beard or mustache. Mm-mm. I don't mind. I like it a lot. But. It's just, anyway, <laughs> so David, grow it in more. Maybe, like, give it some, like, mascara or something. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, that was funny. Anywho, um, yeah, that was pretty much it. Okay, so, so yeah, 
So that is the last of our airing of grievances. We do have a special little surprise guest for this episode. So stick around for that. And then we will come back and wrap it up with our announcements, fan questions, comments, random, miscellaneous, whatever we have left. And get ready for our special guest. I'm not going to tell you who. Jacqueline's not going to tell you, but we're going to tell you in a second when he's on. So stick around. Hang tight. All right, Lumberjack fans, and welcome to our second segment, me, Alex, where we are going to be talking to our guest, Grant, Mr. Defense himself. Mr. Defense. Yeah, so, okay, so tell us who you were, who you are, and what you were on the SFA basketball team. I was, well, first off, I'm Grant. I am a recently just graduated with my master's from SFA in August. Um, I was a manager for the men's basketball team for five seasons. My first year was actually Coach Underwood's last year with the team when we had Thomas Walkup and Clyde Jafar and everybody. And then I was a manager for Coach Keller for his first, going on his fifth season now. Um, his fourth four years as an SFA Edmonds basketball coach. So you've seen a lot. Let's just. Lots of fun times. Let's just be frank. You've seen Underwood and you've seen Keller. You've seen a lot. You've been through a lot. You've heard a lot. So uh, what a wild, basically five seasons it's been, huh? I've seen my fair share of SFA upsets. Yes. Well, we have, (laughs) we have lots of questions about all that, but. For the viewers, if, if y'all have ever been to even one SFA game, I know you've seen Grant down there. I know you've heard him. Uh, even if you've watched a game on TV or if you've listened on the radio, if you hear someone chanting defense, it is 1,000% always Grant starting the chant. Um, so uh, as Alex yeah. and I said in our our podcast from last night's game, that we were just sitting there and then we heard someone chanting defense and we're like, where is Grant? Uh so you just graduated, yeah. So you graduated in August, right? Yes. Um, so catch us up a little bit on what you're doing now. I am the sales and marketing director at Splash Kingdom Nacogdoches, which is the water park here in Nacogdoches. Um, we've got actually have five parks, which surprises a lot of wow. people. Yes, we do have a water park in Nacogdoches. I still get a lot of questions about that. <laughs> Um, right. Our park here in Nacogdoches. We got Canton, Texas. We got Shreveport, Texas. We got Greenville, Texas, and Weatherford, Texas. So that's really cool. So, do you handle? Do you just handle Nacogdoches Park, or do you handle all the parks? I just handle the Nacogdoches Park right now. Um, oh, okay. On um, sponsorships and selling season passes for our upcoming seasons, so 2021, hopefully. Right, because it's a little cold right now, so obviously the park is closed. Um, but you do have you do have stuff to do. You still you do have a lot of work to be working on. So I mean that which which works that makes sense. Sweet, cool. Well, that sounds like fun. Um, so other things, obviously you're living here in NAC, you're working in Nacogdoches. Uh, now that you're graduated and you're obviously not a manager anymore since you're graduated, um, you know what do you probably fill in your free time with? Some- a manager when you were the manager head manager I mean your life was pretty much SFA basketball so what are some things you like to do other than go to SFA basketball games clearly 
Uh, I've gone. I actually got to go to a couple of the men's football games this past season, um, and trying to fill it in with some other stuff too. Uh, you know, working out, uh, trying to you know get better. You know, this COVID stuff kind of got me uh, on the you know the COVID fifteen. Uh, <laughs> so I'm trying, to, trying to lose that back. So uh, you know, just kind of working out. You know, chilling at home because um, you know I'm normally used to you know it's late late evening practices till seven, eight o'clock. And then, you know, studying until one or two in the morning. But, um, now I don't really have to worry about that. It's just, you know, water park stuff and, you know, um, just working on me. I was going to say, you have a lot of free time now, so you're going to have to find some hobbies, find some things to do. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Okay. So tell Next us up, kind of, yeah. You started out your first year with Underwood. So kind of tell us how you got started um, being a team manager. Um, how I got started is I was actually, that was my sophomore year of college. I wasn't a manager my freshman year of college. Uh, I kind of wanted to get into the swing of, you know, being a college student and sort of, you know, uh, make sure, you know, I was ready for the coursework and the study work and the testing work. And then my sophomore year, I actually signed up for the theory of basketball class, which was actually taught by um, one of our previous coaches, Desmond Heyman, who was the GA, yeah, GA awesome. for the men's basketball team at that time, and then later on became the assistant coach under um, Coach Keller. Um, but yes, he recruited me actually. Uh, Des did. He saw how um, how much I loved the game uh, at the uh, during the class which was actually just a half semester class. So it was like two hour class. Um, he recruited me and I guess the rest is just SFA manager history. Yeah. Uh, five, <laughs> five seasons with the men's basketball team and uh, some great upsets that I've gotten to see. Definitely some life lessons learned during my five years, uh, both being under Coach Underwood and being under Coach Keller. It's really cool that you say that. Um, and it's also really kind of cool that you've been under two different coaches yeah. during your time as manager. I mean, I guess just kind of give us a quick little compare and contrast. Like, what was it like being under Underwood? And then what's that, what was it like being under Keller? Yeah. I mean, that's that's tough because I only had, uh, sadly, only had one year um, under Coach Underwood, which was his last year here. Um, and then he went on Perfect. to the state, and now he's the head coach at Illinois. Um, and then having four seasons, um, it's kind of hard to, I guess, weigh, weigh the weigh the differences between them because I had four years with Keller and it's a lot more. I learned a lot more from him because I had four seasons with him as opposed to one with Coach Underwood. But they're totally both great, uh, two of the top coaches in NCAA Division One men basketball right now. Uh, I think Coach Underwood's got his team up to number seven if I looked at the AP poll last um, oh yeah, they're rocking. Um, and then uh, SFA with their first game yesterday last night. Uh, it looked like uh, Coach Keller's got that team rolling too. We it's agree. True. I mean, but obviously we know very two different personalities for sure. Yes. I mean, very very vastly different personalities. Yes. Um, okay, so cool. So maybe give us some background on you know prepping for the season, practices, maybe you know, some of behind the scenes, like all the work that goes in, like from your standpoint, like when you were a, you know, manager and all the work and all the prepping and stuff that goes on. 
Well, prepping really starts, you know, once the season before ends. Um, you know, guys get a couple weeks off, and then we start right back in the spring semester uh, towards the middle of April, you know, working out um, individually as a team. And then they get a couple weeks off for summer, and then they come back for classes, summer one and summer two. Again, with individuals, practices, not counting, you know, the times the guys come in to shoot at the gym. Um, and then getting into fall semester, you know, it starts off with, um, you know, individuals and team practices. And then first official start for practices is usually the normally beginning beginning of October. And then that's when we start, you know, we have to code games. We have to, um, you know, practices, sometimes two a days, sometimes one a days. Um, we get Wednesday, usually Wednesdays and Saturdays off, sometimes Sundays. And then, you know, it's just all about um, making sure that the guys are staying healthy, um, making sure they're getting to practice on time, uh, shooting um, in the gym, um, working on games, coding games, and then helping the coaches out wherever we can. Interesting. So when you say coding games, what does that mean? So normally coding games is coaches usually normally look at offense and defense. Um, so what I would do is say, since we played Laterno last night, we would look back at Laterno's, you know, go back. So it would probably be Laterno's last season. Um, look at some of their games from last season, code those games to where specifically what the coaches wanted, like offense, defense. So whenever Laterno's on offense, it would be coded to where they, that when they were on offense and defense as well. And the coaches would look at that and we'd break it down for them just to help them out. That way they're not having to look at, you know, the media timeouts and the whole strenuous game, uh, cutting out all the, you know, nits and bits of when, you know, teams aren't even playing on the court. So. So basically gotcha, kind of yeah. kind of prepping the film for them to do their scouting reports. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I kind of figured that's what it meant, but, you know, for a lot of people, fans out there, they're like, coding, what are we doing, like, yeah. HTML? <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. That makes Maybe. Sense. Uh, well, so yeah, I mean, obviously, you guys do a lot of stuff as managers. I mean, a lot of times you, you, see, you see them down there, like, helping the guys, you know, shagging balls and stuff. Um, during warm-ups and things like that, and then during the game, getting, you know, uh, grabbing their towels, grabbing their jerseys, this, that, whatever. But, I mean, obviously there's a lot more that goes into the role of a manager than probably what a lot of people realize, so. For sure, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, so on that point, what what were kind of some of your more surprising tasks or parts of being a team manager? That's a tough one. Um like any super random stuff that you were like, I never like, Whoa, thought this was in the job description. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. I think, you know, rebounding for the guys, because a lot of, we have some, you know, over the years, my five years, we've had some guys that, you know, really like to put up shots in the gym. So, you know, I'll get calls sometimes, sometimes, you know, midnight, one o'clock in the morning, like, hey, can you come rebound for me at the gym? And I'm like, sure, I'll help you out. Um, it's just, it's, it was crazy just to see the amount of work that a lot of players that 
you know, over my five years of being a manager, how many players, you know, put in that work to, you know, better their game and to be better, you know, uh, in the game. Out of your experience of years, which which player do you did you observe putting in like you would say they put in the most extra hours and work? Um, I think it would have to be between Thomas Walkup and Kevon Harris, um, mm. who is now with the Lakers. Yeah, uh, congrats, congrats to Kevon. I know. Uh, I mean, not surprising given both of their success. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the thing is with Kevon is I got to see him all four years that he was here. Um, mm-hmm. He came in under Coach Keller his first year, and to see how well he, the player he be, he was, to now the player he's become is just, you know, amazing in of itself. Starting off as a freshman and then developing his game, working on his game all four years, putting in the work, and then to see it pay off with you know signing with the Lakers is, you know really telling to the amount of hard work and the kind of, you know, worker he is to, you know, get to where he wants to be, and that's to be an NBA player. Absolutely. Yeah. Not surprising that it was Thomas and, and Kevon. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, I it, I totally, totally would have guessed them, those two as well. For sure. For sure. Um, so all the things that you told us, all the – roles and descriptions and everything um that you talked about about being a team manager but like let's be real like what was your part about being a team manager like what was like why you kept coming back every season like why you know I want to be the team manager because like this is my favorite part of being a manager just getting to be a part of such a historic program in of itself and being a part um under coach Keller you know helping the team you know, when I was at the Duke game uh, last year, you know, it kind of came full circle. Like, man, this is, you know, I was a part of this. And seeing such a monumental win last year, um, it, it was just full circle to me because, you know, all the hard work we put in up to that game and before the months prior to that game. And then it's just... It was just really, it really hit me hard um, seeing the success we had versus Duke and then throughout the remainder of that season. Yeah. We can attest to the absolute bananas Duke game as well. I mean, just, we can't stop talking. I know, we really can't. I mean, you, Uh, yeah. You know, but what, do you have any super special behind the scenes moments from that? Like, Maybe kind of being in the locker room and the walker walk through before and all that stuff. What the crazy thing I think Keller talked about it in his uh, post game uh, interview mm-hmm. was we didn't practice really well because we had quite a few players that were recovering from the flu and um, and it was hard. Uh, and Ke- Coach Keller said we didn't practice too well at all that week and we were coming off. Uh, believe losing to Rutgers and then um, Mm -hmm. beating Arkansas State and then we had that Duke game a few days after we beat Arkansas State um, after we had lost no Arkansas State was after Duke Uh, yeah Yeah. Arkansas State was after Duke Um, I gotta look at the schedule to see see uh, what we had to it was definitely um, just 
What was the question again? <laughs> just, <laughs> just, I lost the words because it was just a know. crazy situation. I know. I just know. anything super memorable about your experience with the Duke game. Noteworthy. Definitely the locker room. Uh, a lot of people didn't see me in the video that uh, SFA Basketball posted of, I believe it was 40 second video. Um, I actually got drenched in the water too when they, uh, I believe Samaja drenched Coach Keller with the yeah. cooler. I was literally right behind Keller and I got drenched as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you'll see, you'll, you'll, you'll see, you'll see me at, like towards the end of it. I'm like right beside Keller getting drenched in water. Um, but yeah, definitely that was memorable uh, experience for me. I hope you had a dry set of clothes to change into. Yes. Okay, good. I made sure that I had a dry set of clothes with me on my person, so. I feel like that's like any good manager's first thing to do, be like, you know what? Case we upset and we get a water cooler shower, let me make sure I have like three pairs of clothes just in case. You never know. Yeah. That was definitely definitely one of the most memorable locker room um, times for me because – I was actually at the LSU game too when we be LSU mm-hmm. to have the Duke game, and then that locker room scene was just this is something I'm never going to probably experience again in my lifetime. Um, right? Were you at the Baylor game too when we when we beat them as well? No, I was. I was actually here at NAC. Okay. Aww. Yeah. Why did you miss that, was- that one? Why weren't I? Why wasn't I at that one? Uh, they only we only take a couple of managers usually oh, yeah. to games. <clears throat> um, and I did, yeah. I draw I draw the short straw of that game, so I just stayed back and watched the game uh, from home. Ah, you should have came with us on the bus. <laughs> yeah, you should have on the fan bus. That was really fun. Um, so besides the Duke game and the LSU game, any other super big highlight, favorite game or trip? Um. So Keller's first year, we actually played in the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic in yep. Honolulu at the University of Hawaii. Um, mm. And one of the more memorable times that I've had was definitely it's Christmas Day. Wake up call, I believe, was 4.15 in the morning because nice. our game was at 7. So 11 our time, um, 7 in the morning. And just waking up Christmas Day at four four fifteen in the morning, I woke up a little bit earlier so that I could help the players wake up. Um, and getting to see the, I mean, just getting to see the sunrise on Christmas Day in in Hawaii was just you know a memorable moment for me. And then um, I took it upon myself that game because I think we were playing uh, Utah, and I don't know if people remember. The previous time we played Utah was in the tournament in the yep. round of 64 when we had Jacob Parker and yes. Thomas Walkup. That was his junior year. Uh-huh. And um, we lost that game, and then we came back and played them in the Diamond Head Classic. So we were hoping it was a revenge game for us. And, you know, it's you know these guys woke up at 4.15 in the morning, games at 7. You know, we're on the court at like 6 in the morning, um, Hawaii time, and – you know, I took it upon myself, like, man, these guys look tired. You know, I went crazy. I started yelling, going crazy. And then the Utah coach approached Keller before the game started. I was like, man, your managers are crazy. <laughs> I, wish we had, I wish we had managers like that. He's yelling, going crazy, getting these guys hyped. And I just, you know, I just felt, you know, it, that's something that needed to be happening because, you know, 4 o'clock wake-up call, you know, a lot of people aren't up at 4 o'clock in the morning. So that was definitely one of my most memorable moments. 
That's awesome. That's really cool. I mean, and again, you're, I mean, Utah coach is right. I mean, no, there's not a lot of, or the Hawaii coach, whoever said that. I mean, there's not a lot of managers like you out there. A lot of managers kind of just, you know, really uh, stiff and just kind of do their job and go about it. But you're over there just, yeah, 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 yelling, animated and yelling defense and doing what you need to do to pump up the guys and give them support. I mean, and sometimes there are games where there's not a lot of fans that can travel, especially away games. And really, I mean, to be fair, like, you're really kind of almost the only person in there just yelling for yeah. them, uh, minus, like, you know, some of the families and stuff that are able to travel. But there are some games, there were some games in there that you were pretty much the only dude, the only person in there, you know, cheering, which is got to have somebody, right? And thankfully. Absolutely. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of players and all that, all those fun guys that you had the, you know, the uh, privilege of being around for five years uh, during that entire time, it's going to be hard for you, but your favorite player during your time as a manager and why? I'd probably have to say Ivan Kinnett. Um... <laughs> Surprising <laughs> answer. You gotta know why. Oh my God. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know, me, me and Ivan are just great friends now, um, and he, you know, he's back in Florida uh, mm-hmm. with his family, and I believe he's trying trying to be a coach as well over there in Florida, um, and believe it or not, you know, Dallas Cameron, that's where he started too, uh, after he graduated, he yeah. was a high school assistant coach, and now he's over at Oklahoma State mm-hmm. with uh, Coach Boyton um, yeah. and Coach E. Uh, who were both previous mm-hmm. coaches underneath under Coach Underwood um, here at SFA, um, and it's just the reason Ivan is such a great guy is just you know you know we're friends to this day still, and I've talked you know I talked to him a couple days ago, and he was just such a great friend and such a great guy to not just me as a manager but my other managers as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Hey, that was not who I was expecting. I know, me neither. Great answer. That's why we got to ask these questions because you never yeah. know what. No, they're great questions. Great questions. So, I mean, again, kind of like just I was not expecting that answer, but I mean, at the same time, I, I, I totally, I could see it. I yeah. love it. That's great. Well, yeah, we're happy to know. So, who, who was like your favorite coach or assistant coach staff to interact with, and why? Kind of same. Um. I guess Coach Coach Heyman, Coach Desmond Heyman, um, was just a really great mentor, you know, from the start, from being in his class, and then really helped me develop as a person and as a manager, and hopefully one day as a coach, maybe uh, down the line, down the road. Um, coach Coach Heyman was just, <clears throat> excuse me, just a great mentor for me, and really taught me a lot. And it's just great to see where he is now as a coach over there at La Tech, so. Yeah, what a, what a great dude. I mean, we can't say enough enough good things about him. So, I mean, I just remember how stoked we were when Keller made him an assistant coach. Agreed. Um, and now to see him at La Tech, I mean, that's awesome. Uh, we were, we were yeah. sad to lose him, but honestly, extremely excited and happy for his, you know, movement moving up and continuing to grow as a coach as an assistant coach and then hopefully one day as a head coach because he's he's just that type of guy I think you know, like you said you learned a lot from him Grant and I feel like players can really learn a lot from him too um, and I think that that's yeah. why he's so like relatable as a coach and he's just he 
he has that kind of like special touch, you know, that special kind of mm, something about him as a coach because he has that, he just has that personality and he has that magical kind of, uh, that magical skill as a And he's been recognized for it too. I believe he's gotten a couple of awards for being the top, one of the top 30 under 30 coaches in the NCAA a couple of times in the last couple of years. So it's really speaking to how hard of a, you know, a worker he is and how great of a coach he is. Um, Absolutely. Receiving awards like that. Mr. Mr. Four Point Play. And hopefully we'll get to play Law Tech again soon, either there or away, so that we can go see him. I know. He can come here and visit. Definitely, definitely. Absolutely. Next time we play Law Tech in uh, what's Rustin. What's that? Where is that place at? Rustin. 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 I always forget Rustin, <laughs> so we'll have to take a road trip. We'll go. Um, okay, so let's talk about this season, this year, this team. How do you think, um, as a as a former manager, being all up in everything when it comes to SFA basketball, knowing what you know of this team, if you know much at all, how do you think we look? How, how do you think we're looking as a team in general this season? Coming in, I'm, I believe Coach Keller and his staff really reloaded with some great recruits in um, Nigel, who we got from I believe UTEP. Yeah. And then um, DeAndre Heckard from TJC. And a lot of people might not know this. DeAndre and Cameron Johnson actually played a year at TJC before Cam came over here last year. So to get a player that kind of already knew one of our players, how he he plays, uh, and then them playing together really helps out because DeAndre is a point guard and uh, really knows Cam well as a player. And then um, getting Demir to uh, getting Demir healthy and seeing him, you know, make that three pointer, even though he got the friendly roll last night. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Demir, Demir can be a pretty good shooter. Um, and then getting the Nacogdoches product, Nah Nah, um, was great seeing him get some minutes last night as well. Um, I think just all around as a team, um, we're, we're a pretty complete team. Um, Coach Keller and his staff really reloaded well, um, getting the right guys. And it's just, he talked about it in one of his <clears throat> talks a couple weeks ago. Like, it's all about guys coming into their new roles and making sure um, they know what their new roles are. Um, mm-hmm. That leadership we have with our five seniors, Charlie, David, <clears throat> Gavin. Um, Roti. Roti and Cam. Um, just making sure that they fall into those leadership roles and making sure they know what those leadership roles are. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And uh, burning question I have is, do you know how to pronounce Nana's name? His whole name. <laughs> thing is, the thing is, I've, I've actually known Nana quite a few years. Um, he normally came to practices quite a bit um, mm-hmm. over the years. Um, I honestly don't know how to pronounce his last name. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Dang it! I don't. I don't want to butcher it. Uh, um, his dad is actually a professor here at SFA too, as well. Yeah, so, we yeah. knew we knew that, but yeah, we've we've just stuck with Nana because it's just it's easier and it's catchier and no no trouble there. <laughs> You're in trouble, and we don't want to butcher it. Just like you said, we don't want to butcher his last name and then look like a fool. <laughs> it's like not even close. So. Yeah. We're just we're just gonna stick with Nana, and until we get like a con- correct pronunciation, we're just we're just gonna stick with Nana. Yeah. 
<laughs> Definitely. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. We're, All right, last question here, Grant. So, I mean, kind of, we talked about this a little earlier, but just kind of what are your thoughts on, and I think we're all in agreement that the, the group looks really good and fresh coming out, so we're happy with that. But mm-hmm. so thankful that we actually have a season and that we get to go in person and watch. But still major bummer that due to all the COVID restrictions, um, you know, we can barely have anybody in there and it's all spaced out and everything. So what's kind of your thoughts on the, the emptiness and how, how do you think that's going to affect um, affect play and whatnot? I really think it might affect the home court advantage feel. Um, Definitely. We, you know, that's if we would have played these first three games last week at, in Buffaloville, we would have had it would have given the guys sort of a, a look at at to what the season might be like because um, I don't believe Bubbleville allowed fans if they would have competed in that tournament last week um, but <clears throat> you know it's the game was kind of it was kind of surprising to me last night coming to the game and then you know it just sounded so quiet it's not as quiet it's just you know normally William R. Johnson is rocking and fans are loud but mm-hmm. you know due to COVID restrictions you know it's kind of hindered that whole home court feel uh, and sort of home court advantage. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, it's definitely weird, weird, weird. I mean, I felt it was one of those where you know when you're somewhere and you feel like you start talking and everything gets quiet and you're like, oh, everyone's listening to me. It was like that the whole game. I was like, everyone's gonna hear our commentary. <laughs> Where normally we can say what we want and only maybe like a couple of the players or maybe like you when you were behind, you know, behind the, you could hear us what we said, like our stupid comments and stuff. But now if we say anything above a dull roar, like everybody can hear you, everybody can hear our comments. And I'm like, ah, we're on the board. We probably shouldn't be like saying some of the stuff we're saying. (laughs) Um, So yeah, yeah, just. it's just weird. It is yeah. weird. I mean, and normally the band's there, the the Warring Buzzsaw band is there, but like normally they're not there during Christmas break. So I'm kind of just like in my head thinking, oh, maybe, maybe they'll be able to come back after, you know, in January or whatever, February. But who knows? I don't it, even know. It's interesting these first couple of months uh, since uh, students, they didn't allow students to come back after Thanksgiving break. So we're not going to have students probably in Willie Mar Johnson until the middle of January right when conference play starts. So it's going to be interesting these first couple of months to see um, the fans that show up to home games at William R. Johnson. Well, yeah, and I mean, and if there are students there right now, it's just because they either live in town or they came back for the day for the game, which is totally plausible. Like, so if you're listening out there and you want to come to a game and you're a student, totally come because um, you still can come. Well, they, they, so let, they let some students come back who are in the dorms. So there are some. Yeah. Very, very just minute. Not amount, a lot. But there are still some, yeah. yeah. Um, which is just a, I mean, it's obviously detrimental to, like, you're right, Grant, our, our, our home court advantage is just almost shot. Um, last night, you know, there's not a lot of people there, but then the people that are there, we can, there are people that are there that can make noise, but nobody was really doing much until you got there and started yelling defense. I'm <laughs> like, yes, success, let's go. Like, and, you know, it was just, it was crazy. It was just crazy. The whole thing is crazy. The whole situation is crazy. But at the same time, I'd rather it be crazy than us not have games to go to at all. So we'll take it. Yeah. Over nothing for sure. 
Oh man, it's just nuts. But Grant, we are so, so, so excited for Lumberjack basketball. I know you are. It's going to be different for you sitting in the stands and not on the court. Um, are you sad? I am a little bit. It was it was kind of weird for me just sitting in the stands last night and mm-hmm. just seeing the game from that perspective, um, cheering the guys on. You know, a couple of them were looking at me like, oh. okay. <laughs> like, normally, normally I'm, I'm right behind them and, you know, mm-hmm. talking their ears off. And right. I'm actually in the stands now and cheering them on. Um, so it was, it was definitely, definitely, definitely kind of weird for me uh, just yelling from a different part of the William R. Johnson last night. That's got to be. I totally understand. Yeah. It's like we mentioned earlier before we started recording that Jacqueline and I used to sit over in that area where you kind of were last night. And of course, you were near that you were in like the student section area. And that's where I used to sit when I was a student as well. So it's a good spot, good view. But you know, now that we moved from over there to now over where we are behind the bench, it would just I could not imagine going back over there. No, it's just a and, different experience. And we've even said even the few times that we sat on the court, which is I mean, so much fun. But it's like we there's just nothing like being right behind the bench and hearing yeah. everything that's going on and being that close to the, you know, the players and the coaches and knowing what all's going on. It's just a different level of engagement. It is. Yeah. And especially when you have players, you know, like last season, like Nate and yeah. them and who would actually like interact with us in the stands. It's just even better. Yeah. And that's why I'm kind of just sad that we're so far back, that they really, Unless I'm screaming and yelling it, they really can't hear our, our dumb conversations and our <laughs> dumb comments and stuff. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it just sucks being that you know that many rows back. But hey, do what we got to do, I guess. All right, yeah. one last question. I just thought of it just now. Um, the team right now, the current team right now. Who do you think? Who is your sleeper pick? Who is your pick for like? newcomer breakout like sleeper pick who's gonna just like totally just surprise everyone this season who do you think i think um i think it starts at the point guard position david david cackleries um you know i looked at the box score after the game yesterday and i kind of had to you know give it a second glance um he went eight for eight last night um i know a couple of those couple of shots were breakaway layups but um I think David might, you know, no, no, uh, no knock to David, but uh, I really think he might surprise quite a few, quite a few people this year with his play um, and his shooting, because uh, he's he's got a really good really good stroke with the ball, and um, he's really been working hard to developing as a player over the past couple of months. Um, so I think really David Cackleries might be a surprise. Uh, I am excited to hear. Sure. Yeah, I like that. I like that because I've always loved David. I mean, me and Jacqueline, we love David. Um, yeah. His father cracks us up. We yeah. love his dad. Um, and so I'm really, I really hope so. I hope David does surprise a lot of people because last night he was playing so well. And like, he always could play well. Like last season when he was in, he always like put 120% into it. But I think this year, you know, being a senior, having that leadership, People are looking to him. People are looking to Rati, Gabe, and blah, blah, blah. But there's, I mean, there's so much potential with David to just really be, like, amazing. Like, last night he was so good. 
That's I was I was beyond myself. I was like, ah, he's doing great. It was good. Good stuff. Oh my God. All right. Well, Grant, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to um, meet with us and chit chat about Lumber Jack basketball. And I'm sure we will see you on Friday. Yes. Definitely. I'll be there. Yes. The whole game. The whole game. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we will be there as well. Um, let's hope they're uh, serving beer this time. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Because <laughs> now we can drink it anywhere in the stadium and not just in that section. Yeah. Definitely. I'm excited. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, thank you so much, Grant. And uh, we appreciate you coming in and chit-chatting. And I'm sure we'll have you back on again at some point. Um, you're kind of too on a couple games and things like that so again we appreciate it for having me we were yeah we were really excited to have you on so you're you're just the voice of defense of (laughs) sfa men's basketball press you (laughs) (laughs) all right thanks grant thanks Hey guys, hope you enjoyed our little special guest, <laughs> Mr. Defense himself, Grant. Um, yeah, we he was at the game last night and we could hear him across the court and we just thought, you know what, Ooh, to get the season pumped up and ready for yeah. some lumberjack basketball than Mr. Defense himself. It was wild when I first heard him because I, I wasn't really paying attention. And then I heard him, but it, it was like, I'm so used to subconsciously hearing him that I, I didn't think anything different. And then I was like, right. wait, is that like the like the ghost of Christmas past? Like, is he here? What? Who is he it? graduated and we thought he was like graduated and like gone, gone, like gone. And like, he's good. But then we heard like, defense. We're like, is that Grant? What? <laughs> and then we look across the court, and he's over there sitting near the student section, and I'm like, that's Grant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then even uh, Peyton tweeted and was like, do I hear Grant Peterson chanting defense? And we're like, yes, yes, you do. Yeah, because he was sitting near, like, the ESPN, like, uh, obviously the ESPN Plus guys, the, the broadcast of it. Yeah. And so it was just funny when I saw it on Twitter, and he's like, is that Grant Peterson out here yelling defense on the on ESPN Plus? I'm like, mm-hmm, that would be him. I mean, you could always hear him. You could always, always. Hear him. always hear him on any game, any broadcast. If you weren't there, you'd always know that he was there because he was yelling defense. Yeah, it's just funny. Um, other little fun, such- other little funny side note about the game yesterday that I forgot to mention, but uh, with the the schedule change at the last minute of the game from Wednesday to Tuesday. Uh, Danny Merrill wasn't able to make it for Tuesday uh-huh. night. Um, and so we had, which, I mean, anybody who's come to a game ever in person, you know. And, oh, gosh, Dad and I talked about this last night. Like, Danny is just, I mean, we're so lucky to have Danny doing the the in-person announcing during the games because he is stellar. I mean, he does an amazing yeah. job. He has the perfect radio voice for that in-person commentating. I mean, he's awesome. But anyway, so schedule change at the last minute. He wasn't able to make it. So we had our very own little Scott Allen doing it yesterday. Um, which I'll say he did, he did do, he did do well. Um, it was, it was not Danny, but he did well. 
you can't it's you can't yeah you can't replace Danny but I mean, uh which Scott stepping in at the last minute not really knowing he was going in and doing that he, he did a fine job it was right fine. yeah he did he and Scott does usually the baseball announcing and stuff so I mean he's used to that sort of announcing atmosphere but Again, when you're asked at the last minute to do something and you're a team player and willing to sacrifice watching the game from the stands and actually, you know, and it's a hard job. Like, basketball and baseball are totally different, like, totally it, different sports when it comes to it announcing. Um, the pace of announcing and the pace of play is, like, so different. And so it's like, you know, it's hard to announce basketball. And, and Danny just has been doing it for so long. And so it's just, it's just when you hear that, when you hear Scott's voice and then you hear Danny's voice, you're like, yeah and that's what I was gonna say he he totally he did what he could and that's what he did say yesterday he's like I'm I'm used to baseball and I can like eat while I'm doing it and kind of chill but basketball is like non-stop there's stuff to I know non-stop things non-stop he has to pay attention the whole time and he's going back and forth you know it's it's very high paced as opposed to baseball it's a little bit slower he has time to like sit and breathe and like chit chat you know and yeah he doesn't have time for that drink yeah but uh y'all if you see him give him a hard time for uh every time well at first sure. i i heard the voice and i was like that's scott allen and then i looked down there and i'm like yep okay scott's down there instead of danny um but uh every time yeah, he had with his little old man glasses. he had to put on the old man glasses every time he had to read something so i had to give him a hard time for that which he said <laughs> he said but they're they're supposed to be cool they're warby parker and i was like no they look they look great it just i had to give you a hard We're time giving you a hard time <laughs> <laughs> oh man okay so yeah saturday's game uh not happening we are now playing mcneese on Friday night, um, like we said earlier, more details on that. Uh, we, so yeah, we were not supposed to play McNeese at all this season, uh, but since we had to cancel the Alcorn State game for Saturday, we, you know, worked it out with McNeese to play Friday night. So it's even though they are a conference opponent, it's going to be considered a non-conference game since we weren't slated to play them uh, in the first place. So. Yeah. 6.30, Friday night. Um, did, so you said that you didn't hear any news yet on where it was supposed to be watchable, right? Yeah, no, I just, I looked on the uh, the news, uh, the, the news blast that came out, the, what do you call it? I don't even know what the word is, whatever, anyway. Um, and there was nothing on there that said anything about ESPN Plus or ESPN3 or... Yeah, so I, I don't know if it's going to be uh, televisable on those platforms or not. Um, if, if they do, if they do post it, we'll definitely share it with everybody. But I haven't seen anything yet about it. So um, I guess just keep kind of, if you can't attend, just kind of uh, keep your eye on social media and see if it will be on ESPN Plus or not or ESPN3. Um, yeah, so. Make sure you guys are there on Friday if you can attend. And if you can't, always remember that you can easily transfer your tickets to other people that can go to the game. Um, the best place and the best way to do that maybe is just via social media and just ask people if, if you can't go, you got a couple tickets available. Um, again, because really the only way you can get in, like guaranteed, is if you have season tickets or if you go ahead of time and purchase uh, single game tickets for that game. So I really think that if you are interested in attending, um, that you try and find someone who has season tickets that can't go, they can easily transfer those tickets to you with the mobile first option. 
um, which is, again, it's just super simple. They can screenshot their tickets and text them or email them to you and you can auto pull those up and scan on your way in. So <clears throat> really easy, real easy, real easy. Um, yeah. Also, another thing I wanted to mention too, uh, as we finish up our podcast today is, um, and we're so excited that we have our plates. We're excited that we're driving around, uh, you know, repping our favorite, our favorite school, our alma mater, and of course, repping our podcast. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm extremely overseeing all those damn UT and AM plates, like all over the place. I'd rather see a bunch more purple SFA plates. Like there should be way more SFA plates on the road. And with Christmas coming up, like what better gift to give your favorite lumberjack in your life than a SFA plate? And if you're not really kind of interested in paying, you know, $500 for an entire five-year term, you can always do a one-year term or a three-year term as well. And if you didn't know it already, but you can easily buy it and go to www.myplates.com slash lumberjacks. And you can also get up to a $50 rebate. It only takes a few minutes to do this. Um, And if you already have a MyPlate and you know, say you have one that's like a Texas MyPlate or um, another school's MyPlate or whatever it may be, um, you can easily, easily switch it over to an SFA purple plate. It's easy. All you have to do is just call customer service, you know, their customer service number. And for $50, you can just restyle your plate and you'll get it shipped directly to your home. So it's super simple. Um, and then the other option too is if it's, you know, again, the whole Christmas Christmas is coming up and you need a, you know, a cool gift for lumberjacks in your life, just do the layaway option too. So if it's too expensive all at once, you could totally do my plates does a free layaway program. You could pay over a five month period and you're then, as soon as you're done, your plates gets ordered at no extra cost. Plus during those months, your personalized message is reserved. So you will get what you wanted but get time to pay it out. So it's a no brainer. So say for Christmas, you're like, you know what? I would really love to get a my plate for my husband or wife or boyfriend, girlfriend, daughter, son, aunt, uncle, grandma, grandpa, whoever it may be. But you're like, oh God, I really don't want to, you know, dish out that $500 uh, price right up front. So maybe for Christmas, I'll get it, but I'll just do layaway and then, you know, pay over the next five months or you can pay in smaller chunks, I'm assuming. But as soon as you pay, up to you know the actual price then you're done and you'll get your plates super simple um if you don't know that sfa makes great money on every type of sfa plate purchase even the one year background only which is only 50 dollars. so when you buy a five-year personalized sfa plate from my plates sfa athletics takes in almost 250 dollars from that purchase so it's an easy way and fun way to support your favorite sfa athletic teams with simply just a five-year plate. And then when you renew your five-year plate, guess how much money SFA gets, Jacqueline? A lot. $400, $400 hairs, $400 hairs. <laughs> I mean, so you order that five-year plate and then they get $250 and then you renew that five-year plate and they get 400 buckaroos. It's so simple. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like a lot of people donate at least $100 a year to athletics anyway, so... At least. Like, you might as well be doing this and getting the plates, too. I mean, you're you're actually getting 
something else along, you know, just not that just giving isn't good enough, but like you're getting something cool to put on your car to show people when you drive around your lumberjack spirit and maybe encourage other people. Cause I've already had a few people ask about getting the plates. Cause then when they see them, they're like, Ooh, that's cool. I would like to have those on my car, you know? Um, exactly. so you're, you're exactly. helping other people also donate to SF athletics. So win, win. Perfect. And, and, and there's a lot of people out there that have actually the old white SFA plates. And if you do have the older white ones, you can easily, update them and move that personalized message to a purple one. So if you have the older ones and you're like, Ooh, like I love the way those purple look like you could easily just call their customer service and switch it to a purple one. And that purple SFA plate will support SFA way more than the old white plate. And it's way prettier customer service. Way prettier, way prettier. Oh, absolutely. I agree. I agree. So, you know, if you're interested in doing it, again, just go to www.myplates.com slash lumberjacks. Uh, get that $50 rebate. It takes a few minutes. And if you have any questions about that, you can easily message me or Jacqueline. Um, or you can even just call customer service and they will be happy to set you up. Um, we have such a great deal. And honestly, you're not a real fan unless you have an SFA MyPlates, <laughs> to be fair. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna just say. <laughs> All right. So coming up to again, we got the McNeese game on Friday. As of now, again, all of these are going to be like tentative as of now comments. Oh yeah. Uh, December, December 9th, Wednesday, as of now, six thirty p.m. against Harden Simmons. Uh, December twelfth, Saturday, four thirty p.m. as of right now versus Monroe. Um, and then December sixteenth, Wednesday, six thirty p.m. as of now versus Arkansas State. And that Louisiana Monroe game is in Monroe, by the way. So if you can travel or if they're having fans, try to do that. Jacqueline and I, unfortunately, probably won't be able to go. We both have uh, family uh, engagements that weekend. So lots yeah. of stuff going on, unfortunately. Sad but day. it's okay. <clears throat> we'll be keeping up from afar no matter where we are. Exactly, and there's plenty of other opportunities to travel, especially if uh, some of these schools definitely are having bans. Um, like, I, I wouldn't mind traveling to, you know, that uh, New Orleans game in February. Yeah. <laughs> or even uh, going up to, uh, going over to Natchitoches in February as well, because I love Natchitoches. That's a, it's just it's yes. a quick drive, and it's a pretty <clears throat> drive, so Same. it's a nice little getaway, for sure. All right, so... Lastly, Jacqueline, what do we have? Uh, we had a few little fan comments. We didn't have any questions. Um, y'all, if you have questions, keep them coming because we, we love yeah. to answer. We Make love questions. to love answer them. fan questions or see what, what y'all want to hear us talk about more. But uh, kind of just stuff that we that we said, but happy to hear it from others. So we, we got comments on the, the pace of play just being fire, and we were pushing the ball well in transition, which I do think we did. Um, and I'll say quickly on that note, because I, I thought about this earlier and I forgot to mention it, but I feel like, and I could be wrong, but in my observance of the game yesterday, I kind of feel like this whole time during quarantine, because really like they've spent a lot more time uh, just together as a team since quarant- since the whole COVID and quarantine situations, because they're really right. trying to limit their contact around other people. Um, and so I, I feel like they really 
have just bonded a lot more and like they're a lot closer as a team and it seems like you can tell they just really seamlessly work well together so I think that's one one positive note we can take from the whole COVID quarantine situation is I I think it really is maximizing the amount of time that they spend together and just kind of get to know each other and team bonding and all that kind of stuff um, I agree. I do. I, I, I think that, again, that's going to really kind of resonate and also kind of translate onto the court, um, which is going to be invaluable going down the stretch. I really think that definitely team chemistry is like a make or break thing because we've seen in the past SFA teams in recent history where team chemistry really was a detriment, whereas like there was none. <laughs> yeah. Um, lack of team chemistry really, really affected the court performance. Like, because if they're not getting along off the court, they are not going to get along on the court. It is just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. So the fact that when you have really good camaraderie and togetherness and cohesiveness off the court and people get along and they like each other, that's going to translate to on the court presence and on the court communication and on the court camaraderie and collaboration Um, and it's just going to make things run so much more smoother when they're getting along and they like each other so it's I think that even though COVID is a pain in the absolute booty hole I really think that there are some positives that have come out of it mainly being the fact that they're literally sequestered and quarantined with each other and they have to get along and they have to be together um, you know, and that's the same probably with most teams. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And then we, we also had some comments about Gavin just really stepping it up, which I think we both agreed with. So that was nice to see. I think everybody really saw the same things that we did. Um, I noticed a lot of people on social media last night during, during, during the game, were tweeting the exact same stuff, um, that we talked about today, kind of like observing a lot of the same things about Gavin, about, uh, about Nigel, about DeAndre, about Rati and David. I mean, pretty much everyone that played and suited up, you know, made some sort of impact on the court, whether how big or how small doesn't really matter um, at this point. But <clears throat> I think everybody was really, really pleased with what they saw. And if I could, again, sum up last night's game in one word, it would be fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were fast. I was happy they with that. Very the quickness was, I mean, it was insane. Insane. Oh, went by slow. Like, I felt like that first half, like, went by so slow for some reason. I don't know why. Um, I, I don't know why. But, I mean, to me, it went by slow. I don't know. And But, but the pace of play was so fast. I loved it. It was great. Me too. If you had to sum up the game last night in one word other than fast, what would it be, Jacqueline? Oh, my gosh. I'm not good at these kind of games. Um, <laughs> I, I, I would say cohesive because I really felt okay. like we we did a better job of it looked like they were all kind of communicating and reading each other and working well together. Same page type of stuff. Yeah. I agree. I think I think that's a, a really great word. I feel like we should end our podcast like that. If we had to sum up the game in one word, I th- that's a good new section. Yep. I love that. I love that. See what this happens, just like on the spot, you know, creativity. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like when I'm 
when I'm on a deadline or like yes <laughs> perform like, better under pressure <gasps> yeah definitely I love it okay guys hope you had hope you had hope you enjoyed the game yesterday as much as we did as happy as we are to have basketball back in William R. Johnson back in the small the sawmill um we're ecstatic we're hoping that we have more games in the sawmill more games to watch um and just hoping for a decent season that's that's really all that we can hope for and pray for at this moment is that the season we get some good games under our belt that we actually play conference games in the spring and that we get to freaking conference tourney in march that is i I mean that was such a letdown so i will say and i i feel like everyone did a pretty good job of it yesterday but again we've we've kind of touched on all these things but i just ask everyone please 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 to number one do the best you can to follow all the rules that they have in place because some of them may seem a little arbitrary and listen i hate more than anyone that i had to try to yell through a mask because my vocal cords just were not ready for that and i was like battling a sore throat when i got up this morning um but they're we're really really trying to adhere to everything that the ncaa has laid out and go above and beyond on showing that we're doing whatever it takes and whatever's necessary to keep our players and our fans in a safe environment so that we can actually have these games. Uh, So if you come in person, please keep your mask on the whole time. I know it kind of sucks, but, you know, take it off if you're eating or drinking and put it back on. Um, The the numbers are rising. So, I mean, we need to do whatever we can to protect ourselves and and be able to have these nice things like a basketball season. Um, Yeah. And bear in mind that the support staff, like, you know, we had Drew on to talk about what all they've had to go through with ticketing to make this happen. And, like, as you've seen, we've already had about six changes to the schedule so far, and we've only played one game. Um, So that's a lot of work on their end that they're having to do uh, to make it accessible for us. So please take it easy on them and understand that they're doing everything possible they can to make it as easy as possible um on us and just be be as grateful as possible and let them know that you see they're they're working really hard and doing a good job of it so um, i think that would be super appreciated we have already seen that the schedule changes more times than lady gaga at the grammys yeah so i mean (laughs) just just be patient with them and you know give them some grace because they've been working tirelessly like day in and day out and i mean we already had to have the game a day earlier than what it was supposed to be. So obviously they probably weren't fully 100% prepared for, you know, home opener to be a day ahead of what it was supposed to be already. So it's yeah. just, again, I'm just going to echo and agree with what Jacqueline said. Just, you know, give them some patience and, you know, and, and if you see Drew, Wally, any of the support staff, administration walking around, just just give them a nod, a head nod, a wave, or, you know, say thank you them for for all their hard work and for all their time and dedication because it's it's really sometimes like Jacqueline mentioned a while back it's a thankless job you know they get more they get more uh negative and turmoil and bs from fans and people probably than positive stuff so yeah maybe just every once in a while let's uh give them some some happy positive feedback rather than gripes and complaints and groans and moans so yeah that's it we're done. First game out of the way, baby. Man, it's been a long time coming. We've been waiting a really, really, really long time for this. It feels like it's been ages, but, man, we're ready. We're hoping that we get more of this. So 
stick stick around, stick with us. We love you guys. We appreciate you as fans. Uh, we love you, Lumberjack team, and we're so excited you're back. <laughs> and uh, hey, do me a favor. Always remember to ax and jacks. With Alex and Jacks. <laughs>